This episode of the Online Marketing Best Practices Podcast is brought to you by Simply Learn. Improve your career with Simply Learn's online training courses, live virtual classrooms, and self-paced learning modules. Join more than 500,000 professionals and start accelerating your career today by visiting simplylearn.com. Ever write an ad or promotion that your landing page can't cache? You can see what the top 10 pages are on your website, but should they have been the top 10 pages on your website? Google's solution to this problem, negative SEO and bad links coming into a site was the disavow tool. Welcome to the OMCP Online Marketing Best Practices Podcast, where top authors and industry leaders share authoritative best practices in online marketing. All right, welcome back to the OMCP studio, and with us today is Jeff Hassan, one of the leading strategists, evangelists, and voices of mobile marketing. Among many accomplishments, Jeff authored two books, The Art of Mobile Persuasion and Mobilized Marketing, Driving Sales Engagement and Loyalty Through Mobile Devices. Jeff is an accredited OMCP certified trainer, an OMCP committee member, a faculty member teaching mobile marketing at Rutgers University, and mobile faculty chair at Simply Learn Market Model. I'm your host, Michael Stebbins, and today we'll be discussing best practices for loyalty programs. Jeff, welcome to the OMCP Best Practices Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Uh, and the, that intro was so long that uh, we're about out of time. Thank you for uh, chatting, Michael. Appreciate yeah, it. it's been great. Uh, yeah. Hopefully this helps everybody out. <laughs> but Jeff, it's as long as the list of your credits. So I, you, read it, you, will... you read it just the way I wrote it. So thank you so much. Perfect. You know, Jeff, you and I, I know that we did a few webinars together over the last few years. Uh, I love your podcasts at jeffhassan.com. They're fantastic. Um, I've seen your classes. No question, you're one of the world's top thought leaders in mobile, and I'm excited to talk about loyalty programs. But before we get started, for those who haven't read your books or attended your classes or heard you speak, tell our audience, who are you and what is it that you do? Sure. Happy to. And first, I will chastise those uh, marketers out there who have not read uh, the books on mobile. Uh, I certainly haven't written the only ones, uh, but within a handful of of books out there, I'm really uh, somebody who got into mobile by accident, uh, and uh, now, as I put in a presentation once, I'm, I'm riding, riding the winds of changes and adapting, which is what I think a lot of a lot of us are doing. Uh, I uh, I work with brands directly. I work with agencies, and I work with people who are trying to sell stuff to brands and agencies. And it's all about, as I say in my in my book, the art of mobile persuasion. And the general premise is that. Everything and nothing has changed with mobile. We still need to sell more stuff. It's just the how that's different. And in The Art of Mobile Persuasion, I talk about the, the personal relationship that everybody has with their mobile device and raise the question, is there a space, is there a place for businesses or brands in that conversation? And if so, what are the best practices and what are the ways that folks are doing it right and doing it wrong? And hopefully we're going to be get, getting better in 2017 than we uh, than we have uh, previously. You know, I love reading your material. I, I got to say, it cracked me up reading about your uh, dog and your loyalty to the uh, to the dog food seller in your neighborhood. Oh yeah, just, <laughs> how somebody can take a dog's um, uncontrolled. Um, yeah, how do we say that? <laughs> and turn that into a loyalty talk. It's just it's amazing. So. Look, I know you've helped countless businesses set up strategy for mobile marketing, and we've already established you as an authority in the process. 
you know, before we decided to uh, launch today, you shared with me five best practices for loyalty programs that are, of course, part of the OMCP competency standard because you are our main source for that. Uh, for our audience, Jeff, I'll read them out. So the quick bulleted summary of what we'll cover today and the best practices for loyalty programs is number one, provide value before asking for opt-in. Number two, when communicating, err on the side of less. Number three, personalize your message. Number four, utilize CRM to have a deeper understanding of the customer. And number five, for acquisition, ensure that your calls to action are prominent. And that sounds like good business advice across the board. So Jeff, why don't we go ahead and jump into the first right now, provide value before asking for an opt-in. Right. Walk us through that. Right. Well, I think the best, the best illustration is to tell you how, um, how you should not do it. If you are uh, fortunate enough to ask somebody to, out, to download an, your app, and the first thing that they saw once they did that was uh, you're asking them to uh, consent to push notifications or to rate your app, you really are way, way, way uh, taking this, re- this potential relationship for granted. Really what you want to do is y- you want to be a, a source or a resource uh, and prove the value uh, and then make this request. Uh, and it really, uh, it, it, there's a difference, uh, some of the uh, listeners might, might know, may not know, that uh, on iOS uh, for Apple devices, uh, with apps, you actually have to ask for permission to send push notifications uh, if somebody has downloaded an app. And in uh, Google and Android do- uh, uh, devices, you do not. Uh, and I want to quickly say that, that that the latter does not mean, hey, just go ahead and do whatever you want because they've, they've given you default permission. I actually think that you should uh, behave and believe that in every instance, what you really want to do is to Really uh, give them what they're looking for. If they're, let's say, in an app, they might be coming to you. They want to know what uh, product is is featured. They want to know what your store hours are. They want to know how to get there. Uh, and uh, I think that I think hopefully my point has been made. What you really want to do is to make it a, a a time well spent for them, and then ask for something. Can you remember a couple of examples or good examples of somebody providing good value ahead of time before even asking for the opt-in? Uh, yeah, I think the um, uh, I want to uh, draw a distinction here because uh, as you and I have talked about in the past, Michael, there's a difference between uh, SMS or text message marketing and, and opt-ins and app marketing, which is what we're talking about. So an SMS you absolutely have no uh, no uh, freedom. What you uh, basically the way it works in uh, for SMS marketing is, let's say that somebody responds to a call to action that says uh, for a two for one coffee drink, text the word bean to a short code, which is a five or six digit number. You can send them a uh, what what uh, would serve as a coupon. It might just be a text message that is uh, something that will arrive in their inbox. They can show it at the point of sale, and they can get their two for one coffee. The following step that you can take only at that point is to ask somebody if they would like to receive similar information and offers in uh, uh, in the future, and. Only then, if they respond yes, have they opted in on SMS. 
Now, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but let me tell you the most important thing, that if you violate the rules in SMS and you do not get an opt-in and you just send marketing messages to people, let's say you already have mobile numbers or you bought a list, mm-hmm. uh, please don't do that. The violations for that are five th- up to $5,000 per message per person you send it to. So if you have any success or any list uh, or, or uh, any volume at all, um, you're going to go out of business. Yeah, Jeff, there was just because we talk, we're talking about this, weren't there three things that you or four things that you have to communicate? One is a method to opt out, correct? Yes. The, the other is that there may be some charges correct. for the messages. Uh, the, the third one is how to um, how to get out. So to to text the word stop. Uh, fortunately for for everybody but me, uh, I was one of those who laboriously had to create a 163 page document on all the rules and regulations for the carriers, and they vary by uh, AT and T versus T Mobile, etc. Uh, but there is standard language that you need to you need to follow an SMS, and the, the best way to do that is to find a competent and long-standing text provider who you're going to need anyway, because you need to uh, have a technology that allows you to send put, uh, send messages and, and that are approved by the carriers. Yep. So just real yep. quickly on the opt-in and the opt-out. Uh, so uh, different on apps, uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, you need to ask uh, if you're trying to reach iOS, uh, iPad, or iPhone users, you need to ask them uh, if they would like to receive push notifications. And uh, it, for uh, Google or Android documents, you don't. So... Uh, you know, one example of providing value, uh, I, I'm always joking and, and I'll talk about reviews, but I think it's the same premise. If you're asking me to do something, you what you want to do, and we'll talk about this a bit more in understanding the customer, uh, I, I just got upgraded on my, uh, my trip from uh, New York back home to Seattle last week. And that would be the perfect time for them to uh, ask me to uh, rate the app or ask me to consent for push notifications because I couldn't tell you, Michael, how much I love the airline at that moment, a six-hour flight, and I'm sitting uh, in, the, in the front row. Um, if you've just canceled my flight and, and you've ruined my plans, uh, that's the last time that you want to uh, communicate. So we'll get into that in more specifics, but that's just kind of an example of providing value and then making an ask. Yeah, I like that. I like that. You want to hit them when they're happy. Yeah. And uh, yep. that makes sense. That's I, an I learned that. I, I violate it all the time, but I learned that through 26 <laughs> years of marriage. Uh, you know, and my wife is like, why don't you follow what you preach? But, you know, we try. Yeah, I remember another of your examples, if it if I indeed remember it correctly, was don't offer a veggie burger to uh, meat eaters or vice versa. Yeah, you got you got it uh, you got it close. Uh, it's actually the way I tell it is is flipped. So I'm a vegetarian, but I'm still getting meatball sandwich offers from the subways of the world. Uh, and uh, again, we'll get more specific in this when we get down to one of the other points. But the idea is uh, personalization and the expectations of the mobile user are way higher than uh, you might even think they are. All right, then moving on. Uh, I do know that uh, you have taught that when communicating, especially in the mobile stream, we should err on the side of less. Why is that? Walk us through it. Uh, well, I think this concept uh, fits into a lot of what I teach, which is uh, more common sense than revolutionary marketing. Uh, 
it, let's say you got an opt-in, uh, you know, as I just talked about, you followed all the steps and somebody said that they, uh, that they are willing to receive marketing messages from you. That doesn't mean that uh, they've told you that you can come into their house, you can put your feet up on their ter- furniture, you can eat their pizza, and you can stay all night. The, the, when I look at uh, communicating uh, from a marketing perspective, I, I start with the question of what are the business objectives? And how can you accomplish those in as, in as least an intrusive way as possible? So I have for years, for 10 years, been asked the question, well, how many messages should I send? I'm a small business owner making sandwiches or I'm a, a retailer or, or whatever. And the answer is, is never consistent because it depends on your business objectives. But in one way, the answer is always consistent in that send as few messages as possible. And I would put the same in email or any other communication that uh, that a business wants to have with me. Uh, I'm not really interested in having a, a, a ongoing daily conversation with you. Um, communicate to me when it makes sense for me, not for you. And hopefully by doing that, it will enable you to do what you need to do on the business end of things. And is there, are there methods to set expectations of the frequency of communication? Uh, absolutely, Michael. That's a great point. Um, oftentimes, a good way or a good best practice is to actually lay out uh, it, what the expectations are. Uh, and you might even say uh, you, you will be receiving uh, two messages a month from us. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously the, in the SMS world, uh, which is only a, uh, one aspect of mobile, uh, you're going to give them clear opportunities or, or uh, instructions on how to opt out, but you're hoping they're not going to take that road. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, you know, providing value has become such a cliche, but your point, transparency and expectations, uh, you know, I, I, I would argue is, is you know, just as important. Excellent. Okay. And that's on the exam. I just was going over some of the questions on the exam and that is included cool. in terms of setting expectations. So those of you who are prepping for the exam, all that we've covered so far is right out of the questions and the competency standards. Now, let's talk about personalizing the message and making sure that we know the needs of the customer. What are some of the practices there? So here, here's my, my best example. Uh, and I wasn't involved with this one, although I included it in my book and I ended up working with the, the vendor um, who helped pull this off. So going back to, I think I mentioned my wife. Uh, my wife is a VP of marketing, and I've been married to her, as I mentioned, for 26 years. And I have a hard time getting her attention. And it's not because I uh, uh, you know, tried it to be that way, but she's just a very busy person. And she read my first book, uh, and the f- famous moment was I looked in the backyard, and she was asleep, and the book was la- uh, laid out on, on her shirt. And, um, and she said she blamed it on the heat. Well, fast forward to the second book that I wrote, and the point I'm trying to make here is that we're, it's all about uh, uh, solving business problems, right? And mobile may or may not be the answer to solving or a part of the answer to solving the business problem. But my wife has a churn problem in her business. She's in financial services. Mm-hmm. And she read uh, a story about AT&T, uh, although I didn't name the carrier in the book, but uh, we're among friends, so I'm now going to tell you actually who the carrier is. And the way uh, it's, it's set up that if you were to go and sign up for uh, a business with a mobile operator like a T-Mobile or an AT&T, 
you have 30 days to return your device and get out of your contract. Uh, this is a very dangerous period uh, where uh, oftentimes people will uh, say, hey, uh, I don't want this. I don't remember signing up for this. And what AT&T does, talk about personalization, is they work with a company actually based in my hometown of Seattle to provide uh, MMS uh, which is multimedia messages that are delivered through the the the, the phone through the, like the uh, the messaging channel, and you get a clickable message. And if it would work like this, Michael, it would be, "Hi, Michael. Welcome to AT and T. Please enjoy your iPhone Seven. Your first bill will arrive on the fourteenth of March and will be for X amount of dollars. Your subsequent bill will arrive on the twentieth of every month, and you'll have a one-time activation fee of forty dollars. And if you have any questions, this is how to get a hold of us. And the reason why, in every single meeting that I have when I talk about mobile, this is my favorite case study. And the reason is that AT and T says that it has saved tens of millions of dollars in business by people not on day 29 going, I never signed up for this. What are they trying to do? They're trying to screw me over here. So if you look at the elements of that of this uh, execution, personalization, it starts with, hi, Michael. And it's also transparency. It tells you what to expect, which is what we were talking about a few minutes ago. It also is very relevant and personal to me. It doesn't waste my time. And it actually gives me clarity. And this isn't a vendor who's counted tens of millions of dollars of saved business. This is the brand or the business. Uh, and uh, I think that's a good representation, uh, just one of, of many ways to personalize, uh, to drive value for both you and for the uh, consumer. And then in terms of customizing messages, mm-hmm. um, sometimes we need to use tools to figure out who we're working with. So I know that you talked about utilizing a CRM or a database to have a deeper understanding of the customer. Right. How does that work? Right. Well, um, as I'm sure you know, Michael, everybody uh, makes the promise that they can deliver on the customer journey. And everybody talks about the holistic view or the single view of the customer. And uh, my, my experience uh, is that that's very, uh, very much not the norm. But the expectations now, uh, some businesses are easier than others in tying in CRM and um, understanding what somebody did on a website, uh, what somebody did uh, in an app, and understanding that this is really one customer. Uh, and so a couple of points on this. Uh, there's a new technology or relatively new called mobile marketing automation. Uh, and there are companies who are actually enabling you to uh, tie in your CRM and to, uh, to, to bring in this, uh, this richer history of an individual. And back to my point of uh, understanding what, uh, what somebody, um, what, it, what is happening or what action that they've taken or not taken. Uh, if somebody looked at a tie last night on a website, you know, can you send them a message uh, when they're walking through a store, which is one scenario that I talked about in uh, in my book. Uh, and there are obviously lines that you can't cross because one of the questions that I asked is, when does it become creepy? But uh, more often than not now, we're seeing the expectation again of the mobile user being higher um, and more sophisticated than really brands are giving credit for. And uh, I'm working with a with a business now that is uh, creating a new mobile loyalty uh, business model, and their hashtag is show me you, you know me. Uh, and and I, I think they're dead on. It wasn't my idea. I think they're dead on in terms of that's really where we need to be going. 
back to the uh, we need to know that Jeff uh, goes to Hawaii every uh, every fall uh, and we need to take into account uh, understand what he's reacted to in the past how much money he spent what time of day he um, he is most responsive and really take all that into play when you are executing not only just your mobile programs, but uh, your entire marketing mix. And then I know that there are technologies now, as you were alluding to, that can be very reactive across a wide spectrum of behaviors. Right. Uh, just as you said, you know, I, I was looking at a tie and now I'm in a men's clothing store. Um, maybe I didn't make the transaction, and so I get a follow-up offer later on. Right. Those, those kinds of things, if they're done with humor, if they're done with uh, transparency, um, I think those can be effective and make us smile. Show me you know me um, is better than showing me that you don't know me. Right, right. And, <laughs> and you know, for, I don't know what the percentage is, but for everybody you talk about, you talk to about this, um, there's also this scary, uh, uh, you know, big brother. Uh, so I think one of the big fallacies is uh, it, for mobile is that everybody's looking or people are looking for, you know, 100 percent of adoption of something, you know, and, and, and I'll joke about the mobile wallet, for instance. And if you believe all the hype around the mobile wallet that we won't be needing our physical wallet, we'll be using uh, just our devices and cash will be gone by Tuesday, right? And that, in my opinion, will never happen. And, uh, and to prove that, if you just talk about how people um, use their uh, money these days, we still go to ATMs even though we can take a picture of a check and deposit it that way. And even more so, we still have tellers not as many as we used to, but we still have people who go into physically want to go and hand a check to a human being and get a receipt back. I did that until not that long ago. My wife thought I was nuts. Um, so I, I've actually progressed, uh, and even though I'm a mobile guy, I shouldn't admit this, I've actually progressed to being able to put a, a check in an ATM and not feel like it's going to be eaten and lost and, and gone. I have not personally done uh, checking by phone. Uh, or depositing a check by phone, you probably have, Michael. Um, but I, uh, my point here is that there are, uh, there's just not going to be a hundred percent of adoption, and there's going to be uh, opportunities for us to affect enough of our uh, customers and prospects that we don't need to wait until something uh, is going to be a hundred percent. Because if we're waiting, it, we're never going to get there, in my opinion. That's true. And I know that at least you don't order your uh, dog food on subscription from Amazon. <laughs> Correct. And just to close the loop real quickly on that story you told earlier, the, the, the blog post I, I talked about was, you know, even in the, these days of changing marketing uh, methods and ways to reach people, uh, this, this gentleman won my, uh, my business and my wife's business by being a small business owner who actually knew me by name who was willing to carry food out to the car, which uh, I didn't need him to do. Uh, and uh, just some, some um, general uh, business practices that have not changed in the mobile era and hopefully will never change. Because I think, it, sadly, that's kind of a differentiator when you del deliver uh, great customer service. I wish everybody did. But in my opinion, you know, this guy actually had... had you know, showed me he knew me when I walked in a store, which was awesome. Yep, and made and made good for things in a personal way, which yeah. is 
which is good. You know, Jeff, there was a report going around. I don't know how old it is. It was saying that 81% of customers are more likely to do business with brands that offer loyalty programs, and yet so few people even offer them. Is that is that statistic still valid? Um, so just, uh, you know, as I mentioned, one of my clients these days is uh, is building a new mobile loyalty uh, model. And so I've seen a lot of these stats. Um, the, it, it's... Uh, Directionally uh, correct. Uh, I think that the general uh, uh, understanding is that uh, that uh, oftentimes choices are made that people will do business with somebody or a business if they provide a loyalty uh, club. Um, there are still a lot of businesses out there who do not have them, who do not provide for them, uh, and and things are. Um, it sounds like a great concept, but I learned, I spent some time um, trying to sell mobile marketing into SMBs, and I found a, um, uh, something that I should have known on the, on the front end that, uh, you know, in some cases, a, an SMB wakes up in the morning, and their number one a mission is to clean clothes or to make sandwiches, and their mission is really not to build a loyalty club and to figure out what offer to send out uh, that day or that week or whatever. So I think the, uh, the you know, the idea of loyalty uh, is is awesome, but you just have to figure out, okay, so how are you going to execute on that? And how are you going to, uh, cliche again, bring this value to somebody who's opted in to uh, engage with you? Fair enough. There's a balance in there. All right, Jeff, the last one, number five, for acquisition, ensure that your calls to action are prominent. What does that look like? Yeah, this, uh, th- this one also uh, has, a, has a story. Uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, work for six years at one of the, uh, the early and successful mobile marketing companies called Hip Cricket. And I got there in 2007, and one of the early stories that I heard was about a campaign for Snickers where the uh, call to action uh, for having, asking somebody to use their mobile device was printed on the inside of a candy bar wrapper. Uh, and uh, I wasn't there at the time, but uh, you and I both would have stomped our feet and say, wait a minute, this doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, obviously this was 10 years ago and there were a lot of lessons learned. Well, I could tell you in warm weather, you're not going to be able to read it. Right. But I mean, you know, and this was long before the Snickers campaigns where, you know, if you're hungry, you're going to turn into, uh, you know, some monster or uh, you're not going to be Marsha Brady anymore from the Brady Bunch. Uh, You know, all those memorable Snickers ads. But, you know, another example is uh, let's say you're asking somebody to uh, to to um, use uh, a uh, QR code uh, and to uh, take their phone out and to uh, engage with that QR code. Uh, your QR code can't be on the, on the, uh, the you know, 25 feet or 45 feet up in the air on a highway when people are zipping by. What you really want to do is have your calls to actions seen and, uh, and uh, put yourself in a chance and an ability to get, uh, uh, you know, the desired action. Uh, just a really quick example of uh, one that I've, I've talked about is that uh, uh, Arby's uh, years ago did an introduction of a roast burger, a new product, and they had Jimmy Kimmel provide this. He was making a new, this sandwich right on, on a live read, and he had the call to action where he said, if you want to get a free one, 
this is how you do it. And it was a text program, text the word Roastburger to a short code. And his uncle Jimmy, I think uh, the guy's name was, uh, who was an older gentleman, didn't know how to text. And Jimmy Kimmel comically said, well, everybody else knows how to do it, so just how to do it. And this is like uh, not a typical example because we don't have Jimmy Kimmel budgets. But the point is that it, that call to action could not be missed. Um, and, and if we had more time, I could talk to you for about the next 10 hours about all the missed opportunities during the Super Bowl, where I think we have a captive audience and we have a chance to put calls to actions that would uh, enable us to not only engage with people during the Super Bowl, but subsequently you might ask them to uh, to to download something or you might ask him to join a, a loyalty club as we were talking about earlier and to uh, and then you can have an ongoing monetizable uh, to sound crass uh, relationship with them. As most of our listeners know, the accredited schools teach these practices, knowing them is essential for the base exam for OMCA and OMCP. That's the best practices, the basics. Now I want to free you from that constraint, Jeff. And are there other practices that aren't necessarily part of the standard that do tie into loyalty programs. I think uh, you know, understanding what the uh, the mentality is for people on uh, on mobile devices. Um, uh, oftentimes, mobile is for action. So what you want to do, everything from building a website that has your store hours and your, has your location, to uh, enabling people to find information quickly. Uh, is uh, is really a, a, a best practice that goes across a lot of mobile products and services. Um, so, I, you know, I put this in the bucket of understanding the differences between uh, the, the mentality and the behaviors of somebody who might be in a longer, more immersive uh, experience or someone who, um, if you take a look at the Google stats about, for instance, mobile search, that somebody will search for something and with an hour they will um, physically go and visit a location, which uh, is nowhere near what the case is if you're looking at online search. So, you know, best practices again are to uh, unearth or to present the information that's most useful to people so they can uh, take the action and get upon their way. And if you uh, think you need to have the CFO's biography on your mobile website, um, his or her mom is going to be interested in that, but unless somebody's going for a job interview with that gentleman or that woman, um, that's left for uh, for other places uh, for research and discovery. All right. Well, Jeff, thank you very much. That is all the time we have today, and a big thank you to Jeff Hassan. Check out Jeff's writing at jeffhassan.com. Jeff, where can we follow you on Twitter? Uh, so it's at Jeff Hassan. Uh, it- Surprisingly or not surprisingly, it was available. <laughs> so it's uh, J-E-F-F-H-A-S-E-N. Um, and just one quick note on that. Uh, I promise you that I will not be telling you what I had for lunch. Uh, my, uh, my goal uh, on Twitter is to see uh, an announcement or see uh, an introduction of a product and to, uh, in 140 characters, try to make sense of so what is a marketer supposed to take from that so what are the ramifications because i discovered that i'm uh, i can never be as good an rss feed as somebody else um so what i promise uh if you were to follow me is there'll be a lot of mobile and there'll be a lot of okay so what are we going to make of all this voice stuff that's out there for instance um you know there's there's alexa everywhere what is what does that mean for us um so that's just a representation of the kinds of things that i tweet about so you can also check out Jeff's writing at jeffhassan.com. His podcast, The Art of Mobile Persuasion, is on iTunes. Be sure to pick up Jeff's books, The Art of Mobile Persuasion, at 
artofmobilepersuasion.com. And of course, you can reach out to Jeff at his website to see if you can get him to help you set up a mobile strategy for your brand. I'm your host, Michael Stebbins, and you've been listening to the OMCP Online Marketing Best Practices Podcast. OMCP maintains the certification standards for the online marketing industry in cooperation with industry leaders just like Jeff. Join us inside of OMCP to maintain your certification, get special offers, and other certified professionals or universities and training programs that value OMCP standards. You'll network with other certified professionals or trainers while helping OMCP maintain an excellent standard. Membership is only $40 each year, so we'll see you inside of OMCP as a certified professional while we'll be learning and improving our professional careers and teams together. 